0: Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast on JewishCoffeehouse.com, the show where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca, your host. Welcome back to the Francisca Show. Today we continue a conversation we started about yoga and mental health and bringing more Zen into your life, whatever you got out of that episode two weeks ago. Today we're taking it a step deeper and we're going to talk about psychedelics. Specifically ketamine and how that can improve the life for people who suffer from anxiety and depression, maybe even addiction. I find it super interesting and I hope you do too. The throwback episode today since we're in the health and wellness space all about magnesium the link is in the show notes and that episode is all about how magnesium soaks can bring a lot of health benefits as well as mental health benefits to people. It's a muscle relaxer. It just is a calming thing. It helps with hormonal balances and sleep. So check that out if that's something you are dealing with right now and would like to improve. Also, if it bothers you how I say ketamine in the episode, because I've been saying ketamine for some reason, uh, No, I'm right with you. <laughs> and let's get to the show. Have a great week. I love hearing from you. Here we go. Welcome back to The Francisca Show. Today with us, we have Menachem Linger on the show, and he's here to talk about psychedelics, mental health.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Francisco. Thank you for having me.
0: So let's start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself, both professionally and religiously.
1: I grew up in a black hat, Heimish family in Kensington near, near Flatbush in Brooklyn. Lived there for a long time and uh, moved to five towns and lived there. And uh, now I live in Bergen County, New Jersey.
0: And professionally.
1: I am a real estate developer and entrepreneur, so I've always been doing both. So uh, different real estate projects throughout my life at the same time, I've generally had entrepreneurial projects ranging from technology and manufacturing. I built Gulliver's Gate in Manhattan several years ago, and now I built uh, Ryu Kenamine, which is a psychedelic medical company. Now, first location is now open in uh, Lakewood, New Jersey.
0: So how, how does Menachem from Kensington, now New Jersey, gets involved with psychedelics?
1: Excellent question. So I, I uh, originally got to psychedelics by way of uh, meditation and mindfulness practice. And it's often the other way around. A lot of people will take psychedelics for the first time and, and you know, approach a certain a state of mind or a certain stillness of mind that makes them interested and, and innately aware of the power of meditation. I did not arrive at that I actually arrived at it through meditation practice it started out as a, a prescriptive approach like many people dealing with stress and anxiety and and the types of you know difficult psychological baggage that you've built up over the years and wanting to get alleviation from that that kind of mental suffering mental tightness And the practice started out just as a prescriptive approach, doing, you know, 20 minutes a day. And as I became more consistent, the landscape of what meditation is opened up for me. And uh, it really turned out to be, you know, really eye-opening experience, but in a inner way. And realizing that there's a really important practice here. And I began to build on that more and more, starting to do longer, silent meditation retreats. After, you know, a couple of years of practice, I started to do two-week Meditation retreats where there's, you know, you don't do any talking or any using of your phone or music. You're just. Hold on.
0: You're married and you have yes. a family and you I just do. went away for two weeks too
1: yeah, without a I, phone. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did that. But fortunately, my children are are um, older. So they, they were, you know, perfectly okay. And I now I have a little baby, but this was before that. So. Now, I don't think I'd want to be away from her for two weeks. She's really small. So (laughs) she's growing so much each each week. So, before
0: you give us some more details on that, Mm -hmm. what happens in your life that you need, you're seeking such extreme, and maybe to you, it doesn't feel extreme anymore, but Mm -hmm. to any from ordinary person, this may look like extreme, seeking extreme healing.
1: I think that I I had reached a point in my life. I was, when I started meditating, it was about 10 years ago. So, I was in my, you know, late 30s, and I had just gone through a divorce, and I was opening at that time. I was building out uh, a new startup, and you know that that came with a lot of stress, adjusting to a life after you know being married for a long time, adjusting to a life of being a, a now divorced person, and and all the changes that come along with that, and the the you know the new ways people are seeing you and interacting with you. That that kind of friction in my mind got louder and louder, and you know I was seeking relief that was something that would be enduring, not not just something that I could that would be something I could take that would give me relief for a few hours or or anything like that. I was looking for something that that would be an enduring change, and uh, it's often through difficult and traumatic times and and in one's life that one can come into contact with with the deeper part of themselves. And realize that there's something there that they may have overlooked and that's where that that sort of began and it started pretty easily at 10 minutes a day and I you know that felt good Uh,
0: therapists recommended that or did you just google it and find it on your own
1: so no my I I wasn't therapy at the time and and I did start therapy around around the same time and that's when my both interest and passion for mental health started but um, meditation I arrived at myself I did not you know I was just Seeking out something, and I start looking for things on YouTube, and and um, you know, one day I, I kind of had this opinion, as a lot of people do, that maybe it's something kind of woo woo or or something that you know people with tunics do, and 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 there's probably just a way for people to sit quietly. And I certainly had the opinion, as many do, that my music is my meditation, or my my running is my meditation. And there, there's there's certainly a lot of benefit to having a concentrated activity. Where it's where your focus is is taken up by one particular uh, object or or activity, but it's different than what meditation has on offer, and uh, the practice itself was was something that was really very rapidly, I would say, within the matter of a few weeks of being consistent and getting past that initial I can't do this experience, which is not uncommon. And I realized that there's there's another facet of my mental well being that I'm not polishing, and it doesn't it doesn't solve everything. And I think there's anything that solves everything. Certainly not even you know, psychedelics doesn't solve everything. Meditation doesn't solve everything, and therapy doesn't solve everything. But when you're you know when you're polishing all the different facets of your life, the different sides, and you're you're eating right, and you're exercising, you're sleeping well. Then you know you start to shine, and and if you just polish one facet, it, it makes it a little harder to have that kind of kind of glitter all about you. So this is really it, it's not a a single thing that that works meditation, but it does have an impact much more than everything else because everything we experience we experience through our mind. So that's the first step to to having a you know a healthy overall experience.
0: Okay, how do you discover psychedelics?
1: So initially recreationally, so the first time taking psychedelics. And it was um, it
0: through the meditation?
1: No, no, not at all. Um, it was not even encouraged, although it's, it's often talked about and there's certainly a lot of synergy between the two. Initially, it was a recreational experience with my then girlfriend, now wife, that we, we tried out psychedelics together. It was a relatively low dose, but the initial experience at that first thing is this is not a, uh, just it certainly was fun, but it, it was what you know. Wow, this is a brighter view of the path ahead that I'm seeing through meditation, and this is you know a kind of a, a chance to experience you know what real mental well being can feel like with with the right kind of effort. And there was a, a post effect of the psychedelics right after that, where there's a, a general sense of well being, and there was sort of an erasure of deeper psychological difficulties and trauma that that just seemed to to have disappeared and it was at that point that i realized that these are both these are powerful substances and those powerful substances have the ability to really have healing and the entrepreneurial side of my head and the compassionate side of my head decided that this is something that i'd like to to bring to other people, but first I need to understand this more.
0: And we also need to understand this more. Hold on. Is this when you say recreationally, automatically my my head runs to is this even legal? And what are the legal aspects? I'm sure you can't go just go to CVS and pick it up on the shelf. So tell Correct. us more about that.
1: Correct. So so pursuing a legal avenue, which is what I'm now doing and and offering is certainly the 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 best way. Magic mushrooms, which was the psychedelic also known to be active ingredient is psilocybin and that that is decriminalized it's not legal though it is currently psilocybin and another compound mdma which is not a traditional psychedelic but it does have different properties and different qualities and happy to get into those if you'd like those are now in phase three trials expected to get sda approval within the next year or two for use through a medical and licensed practitioner
0: tell us how your company works what's the model
1: we are bringing prescription ketamine, which is a anesthetic that used in sub anesthetic doses behaves in a similar way to psychedelics. It's not exactly the same as as a traditional psychedelic, like but others may have been may have heard of ayahuasca, or like, ayahuasca or mushrooms or LSD, some of the other traditional psychedelics that people are more familiar with. It acts differently. It has many advantages, but the effects are very similar and in some ways better depending on what you're dealing with and in which cases so there's there's certainly advantages to to both the, the greatest advantage to ketamine is that it's uh when delivered intravenously as we do it you have very fine control over doses so you can titrate the dose up or down or off depending on how somebody is um feeling and reacting to it whereas all other psychedelics you take it and you're on the train For (laughs) As it leaves the station, there's no getting off that train for the next five, six hours, at least, often more. And uh, that could be very pleasant or that could be unpleasant, but usually even still, it's still beneficial.
0: The use of ketamine is dispersed through a clinician.
1: So we only provide, our company, Ryu, only applies, it offers ketamine in the clinic, as we believe it should be done by a medical professional trained in the use of anesthesia. And how to administer ketamine. So it's administered
0: uh, like an IV. through the IV. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's fine control. Um, you're medically monitored. So you're wearing a pulse oximeter. You're wearing a blood pressure cuff. We're monitoring your vitals. Uh, you're under constant observation by not only a medical team, but by an integration team who's with you as well.
0: What's an integration team?
1: So the integration staff are people who sit with you before and during and after the uh, ketamine infusion, they're there for you to help guide you in and to be there and hold space for a person as they come out of this profound experience that they're having. And oftentimes there's a lot to say and a lot to talk about. And um, the integrator is there to to be that sounding board at that time.
0: Is the integrator a licensed therapist? No. It's a regular person who went through Uh, some certification?
1: Yeah. People who understand psychedelics, they're uh, not therapists, although therapy is highly recommended as a, as an adjunct or a conjunction with ketamine, the typical ketamine infusion, depending on the dosing, may or may not be compatible with therapy at that time. So the higher doses that people will get in their initial infusion set is typically too high to have a conversation while you're on the ketamine itself. So- we are a
0: facilitator.
1: T- correct. Correct. And so, then you
0: have the medical professional who's administering the drug and they are, what's their level?
1: We have a uh, CRNA uh, that's a nurse anesthetist, advanced nurse practitioner that's also a doctor, and a emergency medical doctor who's our medical director.
0: So there are three people with with the client, with the patient.
1: Yeah, we, we always have a registered nurse on staff as well.
0: So, but in the room, like when the experience is happening, how many people are in the room? So, so when it's the a very experience, vulnerable experience, no?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yes, it is. But the experience is is a very medical. So the, the setting, setting. Well, it is a medical procedure, but the setting, setting itself is pretty zen-like and relaxed. The recliner. We set you up with custom music that's designed for each particular patient, then designed to work with ketamine itself. So, the the music is designed to evoke different emotions at different points of the journey. You have eye shades and you also, you know, you get reclined, you're, you know, get into a calm state, we do some breathing exercises, then the ketamine infusion begins. At that point, a lot of people like to be alone in the room and we're monitoring all the patients all the time. So we're, we're constantly watching the patients. We have CCTV cameras, making sure that everybody's under watch and we can hear all the patients and sometimes patients want somebody to sit with them throughout and we do that as well. And then as the patient emerges, uh, somebody goes in, which is one of our integrators and sit, sits with them. And this is a lot of what the golden time, the golden half hour, 45 minutes after the infusion is when there's, there's a, um, Epiphany, you know, let it, epiphanies, self discovery, yeah, coming into contact with traumas and, and childhood memories and talking about those at that time is super important because the brain after ketamine is in a very highly neuroplastic state. So, we like to say it's like wet cement. And, you know, you can kind of redraw the lines and carve in this wet cement, and it gradually hardens over time, which is why we also recommend that people have their therapist scheduled the day after their ketamine therapy so that they have whatever's come up, they're able to keep talking about it with their therapist, and they're getting that benefit as that cement hardens and prior to it.
0: Okay. And how long is this entire process?
1: So uh, it's about an hour and... Hour and a half or so. That's a person. You know, for when the person comes in, the patient sits down in the chair, gets the IV put in, sits with the integrator. Then the infusion begins, and then there's that you know half hour period afterwards where they're where they're you know in conversation with the integrator.
0: Is this designed for people to do over and over, or it's a once in a lifetime thing?
1: So it's a series of six infusions, it's typical, and it's, it does vary person to person and, and case to case. But we say that that's the the average with six infusions and what we're seeing is is that some people will laugh. it varies from case to case. I stumbled on ketamine in particular myself about 4 years ago and I was having a right it was like, yeah around covid time where I had a strong wave of depression come over me and anxiety nothing like I'd ever felt before and and it was kind of surprising to me given that I I had at that point been well practiced in in meditation and and I Thought myself perhaps being able to, to experience depression and not be so caught up in it, but this was different and it was very challenging for me. And I had gone on SSRIs as typical antidepressant medication that, that one would take. It takes usually several weeks before you start feeling the effects, typically feeling worse during that initial onboarding period. And then, you know, it did offer some relief, but just a minor amount with some numbness, and then depression came back, and and I sought out an alternative and and remembered that I had known about ketamine from psychedelics and uh, found somebody who offered it. And it was about eight hours after my infusion, and it felt like, like windshield wipers just cleaning a dirty windshield. And suddenly, just the fog just lifted over me. I was able to quickly go off SSRIs. And that lasted uninterrupted for me for, for certainly over a year, maybe 18 months. And at that point, I started to feel, you know, a little bit of an, like a creep back of that, that anxiety. Damn. And I, and yeah, a little bit. And I, and I went in for a booster. So the, the, when a person gets a booster is varying from person to person. Some people will, will get a booster after their initial six infusions, you know, once a quarter or after six months, some people may need seven infusions and then mm-hmm you know, not need a booster for a while. So it really is dependent on person to person and life circumstances.
0: And what are the risks?
1: Ketamine is a very, very safe and well-tolerated medication. So it's on the World Health Organization's uh, list of essential medications. It's the most widely used anesthetic in the world. With
0: all that, my biggest question is like anyone who has any predisposition or anything in the family that There's bipolar, schizophrenia. Could that activate something?
1: What I will say is is that we do screen our patients and certainly schizophrenia would be a contraindication for ketamine in most cases. We would uh, lean on a second. If a psychiatrist was insistent that it was okay, we would have to, you know, talk with them and see that that was okay. But typically schizophrenia is not a case. A family history of schizophrenia is not a case where we would offer ketamine. The same is true of psychosis and certain types of bipolar as well. So, there are. So you have a screening
0: process for who absolutely, can absolutely,
1: and we do we do turn down patients, and then there are people who are not medically able to handle ketamine. So they may have you know uncontrolled diabetes and and other you know heart conditions where it's unsafe for them. But as as a whole, ketamine is a very safe medication. We are giving it in very low doses, so it's certainly lower dose than someone would get if they were in a hospital setting or in an anesthetic setting. And the typical side effects are some nausea, which we give medication to counteract. And, uh, you know, you could be tired for the day, you know, for the next day or so in certain cases. But most people, the effects of the ketamine wear off in a few hours. And the benefits are often felt after the first dose. Sometimes they're more dramatic than others, but people are seeing significant benefits, you know, often after the first or second infusion. So the typical experience is maybe, you know, going up after, you know, after the first two or three infusions, and then the next year kind of monitoring you at getting you kind of at a high baseline. So, you know, we're measuring people's scores for depression and anxiety. We're very rapidly seeing people, you know, go from a, a 24 down to a a two or a three after only you know two or three treatments, so which would put them outside of the realm of having uh, depression, and anxiety, based on diagnosis criteria.
0: So this is essentially a cure for depression, and anxiety.
1: Well, I wouldn't go that far. It is so depression, and anxiety can come and go. It can also be related to conditions of the world around you, what's going on in one's life. So, environment, yeah. yeah. So, so a cure would be would be a a big step. Um, what what is a cure is is working together to get you know using ketamine together with other components in your life working with a therapist working on um improving parts of your life that you can improve working together does lead to a more sustained life outside of depression if but this certainly can bring people significant relief at the root source so you're you know unlike uh, you know a, a more numbing medication or something that's giving you relief for a few hours, like a you know from anxiety, like a benzodiazepine. This is giving you the ability to see your anxiety, but at a safe distance and watch it pass through in in a way that normally would kind of take hold of you and and the anxiety would would grip you in a in a very strong way. An example I would I would use is, is maybe if you're driving down the street and a cop pulls up behind you or you or turns on lights and sirens and you you get that surge and that feeling in your chest that oh no not me and then they pass you by and that feeling just kind of fades away and and passes. You're more able to watch feelings of anxiety arise within you, realize whether this is something that I need to engage with. Is this sometimes anxiety has a purpose. You know, I, I have a test coming up, I have a, you know, a work project due. Um the anxiety may be, you know, knocking at your door and saying, We we gotta get this done. But then there are other anxieties um, that people may have. Is my, you know, a, a new mother maybe, you know, is my is my baby breathing do i have to check on my baby again i you know that those types of thoughts may be inappropriate at times and and being able to see that and and watch it flow through and say you know i'm not engaging with that i put the baby to sleep and she's fine and not having to engage in that anxiety is a kind of power that you get after academy treatment so so it's not that everything will completely stop all the time but you're able to have a greater control over it
0: Okay, so let's go into an example and maybe choose one or two or a few examples of who is this for and what is the experience like? So if you, sure. you've been I doing can... this a little bit already, but I'd like okay. to go a little deeper into an example to make it close to home for some of our listeners.
1: Yeah, so from my perspective, as sometimes I'll do integration at the clinic as well, it's a super gratifying process because the, the you can physically see the change in people from infusion to infusion, so people coming in, tight contorted faces. And their spouses or significant others, their children are are clearly feeling the pain of their loved one and, and wanting to do what they can. And then seeing this release and seeing the change in in you know locomotion speed, even how fast people are moving. Their optimism and seeing that change from the outside is certainly very gratifying and and exactly what we set out to do. So on that side, we're seeing it from from a. Person's inner perspective, what's often happening, and the person this is for are people who are, are, you know, suffering with a lot of, you know, ruminating thought. You know, you, you have this kind of oftentimes this roommate in your head that has lots to say and, and, and lots of worries. And it's often chattering often at night when we can't go to sleep and we just can't shut off your brain. And the ongoing pattern of this thought kind of wedges a groove in the neuroplastic parts of your brain where it starts to become the habit as opposed to the exception. And the, the self-criticism and the the anxieties and the depressions, often irrational, start to become habit for your brain. And there's a part of the brain that's responsible for this called the default mode network. And that part of the brain is where most of our ruminating and you know repetitive thought takes place. And ketamine specifically targets... The default mode network and quiets it down um, to the point where it's it gets really quiet. And during that time, you very rapidly are able to, during that stillness period, you're very rapidly able to disengage with these thoughts and see them more clearly as just thoughts. And your brain software rewrites these connections so that you're not having that same feeling. I mean, the name Ryu itself tells the experience for what it is. Ryu is exactly that. Get back to you. So get back. A lot of people have that experience of wondering what happened to that, that essential me that, that I remember me as a kid and I had, everything was kind of open and and clear and, and now everything seems foggy and there's sort of a veil over my experience. And ketamine has the ability to lift that veil. So the experience is is exactly that there, you know, uh, you're looking at the same you know it's, it's a beautiful day today but people who are experiencing depression and anxiety have a contracted state where they're not able to fully appreciate what their senses are taking in because the tsunami of thought negative thought is kind of crushing down our experience into this internal darker experience the quieting down of those thoughts by using ketamine is what expands our experience open to this natural happy place where we belong so the experience that people are getting is this release it's an opening up and a letting go of depression anxiety we're seeing you know people's traumas deep traumas coming into contact with those traumas and either they're released or they're partially released or they're some they're now visible to a person where they're they recognize these and begin to do the work at letting that go and and the result is is a relief to the person but not just that person but their family their coworkers everybody around them we we all know what it's like to be around somebody who's in pain who's who's in a in a dark mood and it affects everyone around you we're social animals and and we pick up on each other's feelings and we we do have a compassionate side to us and we we want to to help people and sometimes that comes with just empathizing with their mood and sort of you know darkening your own mood to match theirs and and this opening up works for everybody around you
0: is this for everyone or is this specifically for people suffering from anxiety, depression, postpartum?
1: It's we're treating it for for specifically for the depression, anxiety, postpartum. There there is a movement in the in the psychedelic community for the betterment of well people that's being used by other psychedelics. That's not what we're doing. This is the medical procedure and we're we're, you know, looking to help people who are who are struggling now and, and they're in a dark place. And this gives them, you know, rapid relief from their suffering.
0: Is there any Jewish ethical or Jewish halachic problems or challenges that come up with this?
1: We'll see uh, as far as problems that will come up. But generally speaking, halakhically, no, this, this is a medication. It should be treated like any other medication in, in that sense. I understand that there's a lot of newness And confusion and there's also a lot of stigma well the stigma can can come from multiple places certainly after you know 50 years of government advertising lumping all drugs together certainly didn't do didn't help much and you know there was lots of advertising after the vietnam war after the initial surge in the 50s psychedelics were greatly studied and looked at as a huge cure to come and the biggest change in mental health But then people started taking them and, you know, irresponsibly outside of the right settings and would cause difficult, difficult stories that would come out. And people started to look at these, you know, tell different old wives tales, which weren't really true or maybe in limited cases that, you know, some guy went blind looking at the sun and, and, you know, I'm not saying that that may never have happened, but it doesn't look like there's any real documented cases of a lot of the stories that are out there. So it did build up a, a reputation where people are afraid and that. I understand that that takes time for that to kind of leave the culture, but leave it will. It's not the I see the effects every day, and when when you see effects that are just this powerful, there's no really holding back at this anymore. People are really you know what what is the cost of long term depression and stress on the body. What is the cost of 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 your loved ones suffering as you you know languish in bed? Right.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's the cost of this procedure experience?
1: The procedure itself. Yeah, I'll get to that in just a second. But just to get back to the question about the from community, you know, it it depends. We're we're a professional setting. We're not a an ayahuasca ceremony that's taking place with somebody. Not that those are necessarily you know bad, but that's not a medical setting. It's a different type of drug, and it's given in a different way, and it's not on any path for phase three trials or anything like that at this point. That it has tremendous benefits, but this is a uh, a different kind of medical procedure given by a doctor, and that's providing specific benefits. So the the community ultimately, we 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 have a you know, there's tons of chesed in our community, and people want to do good and want to help, and this is the best shot that we've had at a long time at really bringing people true true relief from from mental health problems several mental health problems and things that are really harming families and children and this is something that that really does tremendous good and the community will will increasingly see this as an ultimate good and we will you know and work within it
0: does it help addicts or addiction
1: so there are protocols for treating alcoholism with ketamine. There's certainly tremendous research on smoking cessation and alcoholism with psilocybin mushrooms and LSD treatments where they've cured alcoholism in as little as one dose. This is not meant to be done alone. This is meant to be done with a facilitator and a trained professional. In this case, likely a therapist who is trained in it specifically in alcohol. And substance abuse problems, but yes, the drugs themselves—psilocybin, LSD, ketamine—these uh, are typically in, in, given in the correct setting. These are anti-addictive medications. Most psychedelics are, and by that I mean that you, you take them once, and the next time you take them, you take them with great trepidation if you're going to take them at all, because they're they, you you know the power going in. This is not like, say, somebody is is having several glasses of wine and feeling a change in mental state this is not bad at all it's not a numbing this is a much more of a of an unveiling than it is of a you know a, a, a veiling of your experience
0: right okay so back to the cost
1: cost so six treatments is um, two thousand four hundred and fifty dollars for the straight course of that so you get six treatments for that that includes the integration the medical treatment the the music that you get which you get to take take home with you, the music gets sent to you. you you get a journal from us and you're supposed to journal afterwards. We have journal prompts to help people during this neuroplastic time between their ketamine treatments. The treatments are meant to be closely spaced so that there's not a lot of time for for that initial grasp to those times. You know, you have that one infusion going up. You want to keep getting to let's say cruising altitude as you're as you're moving up and to to find a leveling off point rather than taking one, I feel better, let me not go in again pulling back down, taking one. And that's the, what we're trying to avoid. So having them close together gets you to a point where you're at this cruising altitude and you're able to start to see the forest for the trees and, and have a different outlook than than you've had just a couple weeks before.
0: And to clarify, this is addictive or it's not addictive? Not addictive. Not addictive. Okay. No. Are you comfortable sharing your experience or your biggest experience under ketamine?
1: Um, it'd be easier to talk about experiences under psychedelics than it would be to talk about experiences under ketamine for me because, because it was more powerful? The ketamine itself is very esoteric, ineffable, hard to describe in any way for me. Some people do have clearer trips where they're having, you know, direct experience, inner child experiences. I, I heard a beautiful post integration from someone who, who saw themselves as a child standing in in the park and it was the fall, and and the leaves were swirling around her. And each leaf was the representations and opinions of all the people who kind of set the stage for her life and how she currently believes. And she realized the detachment and how those opinions are not hers. And it kind of un- released so much of what was what was her inner world and inner worldview that it gave her you know so much of a so much relief from how she lives day to day. For me, that that's not. That wasn't my experience. My experience in ketamine is just one of pure dissociation. So almost a total dissolution of the ego. So not knowing my name or, you know, not knowing much of anything and not really caring because the experience itself is almost felt like a reprogramming. I like to say, it feels like when my iPhone is, you know, got the progress bar when it's updating. That's what I kind of, you know, feel like it's going through on the inside Typical uh, other psychedelics are not like that. There are there are certainly psychedelics that have you know psilocybin has you know tremendous transcendent abilities, transcendent of the the ego in a different way. But also you're able to you know get a sense of the world around you and interact more more easily than you can on ketamine. Ketamine you're you're pretty relaxed. You're you know your arms and legs are very anesthetized. So mostly the experience has your sensations. Uh, for your body become less and less clear, your mind kind of takes up all that energy and starts to become more neuroplastic. The brain is releasing neurotransmitters that help um, you rewire. And that's the feeling is that of being rewired. I think psychedelics typically is the, you, 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 the general thing is you get what you need, not necessarily what you want. And, uh, you know, certainly I, I you know, on psilocybin, I've experienced, you know, tremendous transcendent states of bliss and and tremendous insight that that was very clear. Ketamine is a different compound, so I don't judge it for what it is. I really it's a it's not about the experience. It's about the effects you're getting after the experience and and how our lives unfold from there.
0: Is there anything else that I didn't ask you? Well
1: so we didn't talk about ketamine assisted psychotherapy, which is something that we're we're working on as well, which is post the initial ketamine infusions. When people are already more experienced having had ketamine, then there's the opportunity to do ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, which is a lower dose of ketamine so that the person is not in that, in as deep a dissociated state so that they can have a, a clear conversation with a therapist. That's something that I think is very interesting. There's a product that we're, we're planning to do as soon as we get FDA approval, called Relove, which is you know a subsidiary will be a subsidiary of reu and relove is is going to be using mdma which is a different compound to work together for a couple's therapy and that is uh, something that we're actively working on and planning on launching and that has a tremendous powerful be- effect for shalom bias bringing people together who who have you know who love each other but can't find common ground and can see clearly. And the, the effects of MDMA are different. They don't have these strong psychedelic effects that you have on, on psilocybin or ketamine. Um, you're very conversational. You can walk around and you can spend time with one another, but there's a, a lowering of your psychological defenses. So the normal guards and and moats that we have protecting our, our inner selves Lower and you're able to to connect with another person in a way where you can talk about things that you normally can't talk about. So, and often clearing a couple of years worth of of psychological breakthroughs into just four or five hours, and that's something that we're excited about coming in the future and how we can use these these medicines to to better people's lives, better our community, and just just make life better.
0: So when you said, it's not criminalized, that's what you said.
1: Decriminalized. Decriminalized. In certain states. Mm-hmm. And
0: so in the state you're in, it's decriminalized?
1: Um, in New York, it's decriminalized. I believe New Jersey, it is as well.
0: And your clinic is where?
1: Our clinic is in New Jersey, but we're not offering any of those treatments. We're offering FDA-approved ketamine. Oh. So ketamine is FDA-approved. It's used in hospitals every single day around mm-hmm. the world. So what we're using is 100% um, legally used. And, in all um, states. You mm-hmm. uh, know, ketamine is legal to use in all states, and it's used in all countries. most Most common used anesthetic in mammals around the world. So, you know, it's it's used in veterinary medicine. It's used in people. It's used in in all kinds in all kinds of ways. I think that the one thing that that we started off talking about meditation, and mindfulness, and and I think that the post ketamine, post psychedelic states in general give people access to this this landscape of mind that is often overlooked. This stillness and and ability to see more clearly into your experience and another aspect that w- what we're often seeing is people who are post post treatment are are more actively engaged in their own mental health. They're more actively engaged in journaling and taking on therapy because it, it's it's very much like you're stumbling around in a dark room and you're tripping over things and you don't know what's going on and 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 you're frustrated by it and then. Ketamine comes and turns on the lights, and now you can you can see your room, and you, the mess is still there, but you're not tripping over everything now because now you can you know pick up things off the floor, you can straighten things out. You're no longer in this in this darkened state where you don't know what's happening. So this this allows you to to realize that there's other things that you need to do to kind of get life in order, but it's not from a frustration way or an anxiety inducing way. It comes from a place of optimism, like I can do this. I, I know what I'm doing now. I know how to engage and how to feel better. So so that's something that, that people are definitely seeing and, and the addition of all these things working together, you know, I like to say it's like pulling somebody, pulling a, a you know, car out of the mud. You, you know, you have if you have one person pushing from the back and one guy on the gas pedal, he's not pushing the gas or not steering, we're not gonna get there. But when you have multiple people pushing, you get the momentum and the car kind of gets out of the mud completely. Ketamine can really be the strong driver for that. But for the long-term benefits of somebody really having lasting benefits, we're strong believers in, in in people doing other things to help benefit their mental health and their lives and the lives of people around them. Super cool. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to try this. <laughs> you know,
1: I, I, I do recommend it. I, I think that it's, it's really a game changer for people's well-being uh it's it's a really a, it's going to be a a great part of future and how we deal with the tremendous mental health crisis that we're we're dealing with just not just in our community but or you know or you know around the united states and around the world we i was just looking at stats yesterday about the skyrocketing rates of anxiety and depression especially in young people and it's a, it's a real problem and and you know covid had a lot to do with that social media has a lot to do with that there's uh, certainly our, you know our phones and different Different, just bad, you know, bad news, all these things compound. It's, it's almost like four other people pushing you into the mud and, and you need to push back and people pushing back. And this is a great way to, to, for people who are stuck to, to get started. And, and our goal is to, to bring Ryu to other parts of the firm community and beyond to, to really bring this healing. That's why we started the company. We strongly believe that this is a true game changer in the battle for people's, mental health and well-being.
0: And back to your story, just to tell us on a personal level, after experiencing meditation and the ketamine treatments, doing this professionally, remarrying, having a new baby, tell us where you are at personally and how this has, in direct examples, how has this changed your life?
1: Sure. I'm still a human being and I'm still subject to emotions and, and challenges like anybody You know, last week I had a challenging week. There was a lot going on and and I had a, I had a, well, there was no, there was no, I, I can't say there was anything that, that was happening other than this, you know, the storm clouds built up inside and I, you know, I felt, you know, anxiety and depression rise up, but I didn't hold on to it and, and, and resist in the way that I normally would. And, and storm clouds pass through as storm clouds pass through. And okay, but that's ability- not
0: specific examples. You're you're telling me it just happened last week, but I don't understand what exactly happened. And also my follow-up question is, people say anxiety and depression together all the time, but don't they seem like opposites?
1: Uh, why do you think that they seem like opposites?
0: Because anxiety is like this jumpy, I'm so nervous feeling, and this is stressing me out, and depression is like, don't touch me, don't talk to me, everything's bad. I don't want to get out of my bed.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the, there may be two sides of the same coin. I mean, not in all cases, There's certainly specific feelings to anxiety and specific feelings to depression. Um, depression may be the exhaustion sometimes that people feel after endless anxiety, as mm. as anxiety continues to build. But to get back to to that question, the, the reason I, I started out saying that I had a dark week last week is I would say, you know, overall the 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 tide and experience of my life is. Has gotten happier over time as I engage in in practices to improve my well being, to improve my mental health, to to take two steps forward, even if I get pushed back a step, as it happened to me last week when I had a you know a down week.
0: Well, what but, happened in the down week? Um, Is it work related? Home
1: related? Um, neither neither work nor home related. I think that I actually just had come out of a of a very significant period of months of really hard work weeks. And I think that I was so that I was so used to you know, grinding from morning to night that the sudden release, which happened kind of all at once, that sudden release of that of that pressure, left me feeling oh, this feeling of what what do I do now, although I have plenty, you know, I have a wedding to make coming up, and my daughter's getting married, yes, so sometimes. there's plenty going on. Thank you. But life happens, and it's not that 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 an anxiety can never arise again. For someone who's who's working on themselves, it's it's the amount of time you choose to spend in it can be a little bit more of a choice, and you can see you know more of what where the exit is from this from this ride. That and I would say that there's you know it's like when you when you're learning any practice, and you're learning to do anything. I see you have lots of musical instruments on your wall, and and I know that when you first took up playing any instrument, at first it was very challenging, and you struggle to see your progress and, but others do because they're seeing it from the outside and you're gauging your moment to moment experience, baselining it against what you just, how you were just able to play and, you know, how you were able to run those chords and how you were able to riff on that, you know, on, on, on that bit of music. And, but as you, you, you get better and better and better at it, it doesn't mean that there are days where you're, you, you, you don't play, but you have You don't play well but generally speaking you're you're playing really well and you're you're have greater and greater mastery over your craft of how you how you play music and and how you can just improvise as you go and the same is true of our minds, because our minds is the same thing that's learning to play the guitar is is the same mind that's learning to meditate or to be you know have have good mental hygiene and and continuing to to do that practice gives you increased mastery so that when life throws challenges your way, even if they're not very clear and even if there's not a real knowing I'm depressed because, you still have the ability to, to look at your situation, take an assessment and you look for an exit and, and work your way out of it. And, and that can be a bit of a superpower as you work through life and you're able to, to navigate challenging situations that would normally you know, cram you into bed.
0: Okay. I'm happy you brought up music because I wanted to ask you, how do you curate these playlists? What's the process
1: for that? So the, the music that we've, that we have is designed by neuropsychologists. You, you
0: customize it to each.
1: So, yeah, so person. we have, so what we do with our music, which is, I'm glad you brought this up. So we have the music itself is designed by 30 musicians. They design different components of the sounds. Sometimes they're tones, they make sure of nature sounds and music. And we have different categories of experiences people want to go. So from the people first come in, it's their first infusion. It's the first time we have the setting called stillness and we'll give people a sense of stillness throughout their treatment. And then, you know, I came into contact with a memory, but I really, really not clear. Then the second treatment, we might add some bittersweet, which will help them help guide them to this place where they had traumatic memories. And we're able to change the intensity of the music in real time. So the music itself is actually AI generated for each person. So it's assembling from all these musicians who put in the information and the AI is programmed by the neuropsychologists who decide how it works. So ketamine has a specific track to it, how the peak is, where the peak is and what point in the treatment. So the music runs accordingly and so does its intensity. Sometimes when we're talking to people during their treatment, they say this is too much. We can we can adjust the music, give them some stillness or vitality that will help them um, out of this more challenging spot they're in during their trip. And that they can the music generally guides. So without your while you have your eye shades on, your body is generally anesthetized. So your your ears become your guide. So the music has a way of sort of carrying you through this experience, almost like it's like a boat. And, and you're, you're, you're in this little boat and it's, it's sort of taking you through this, this landscape of mind and you're able to, to experience things in different ways. And we can sort of change the, the, the amount of what the waves are like and, and, uh, and how you're experiencing this particular part. And there are times where you, you know, you want to steer the boat into, into darker waters so you can get a clear idea of what's there. And, and other times, you know, if it's too much, then we, you know, pull the ba- boat back out into, into calmer waters. So the music has a tremendous role. And, and it's, it's something that a lot of, of, you know, people who are doing these treatments completely overlook. And, you know, we think that this, you know, most, most people who are doing this are getting, are getting truly lost. And then they're getting this, this music back with them because you're getting different insights along the way. And by listening to the music after your ketamine experience and, and writing in a journal, you can, you say, Oh, yes. I remember I had this insight when you know the birds were chirping at the running brook and and you can write that down and bring that up during that you know that neuroplastic time when you're when you're really you know able to to rewrite and and software in your brain
0: well it's both validating and also scary as a musician to hear you talk about this because on one hand you have these composers specifically writing for this experience on the other hand you have computers and ai generating music and working with it
1: but well, the, the AI is generally not trending the music itself. The music itself is created by humans, but it's it's may, maybe it. may, maybe AI is a bit a bit more is a bit much, but certainly computer generated, where it's assembling a unique track for each mm. person, you know, based on the inputs that we're giving it. So, but we're maybe, not far and, off
0: uh, from computers <laughs> generating the so, music.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That I, has
0: crossed my mind.
1: Yeah, I, I did hear somebody say recently that they, you know, that they're working. Um, hard labor for low cost while computers are making poetry and music. And it was supposed to be the other way around. So. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. I, this was such a lovely conversation.
1: Same here. Yes. I enjoyed this very much.
0: Thank you for enlightening us. And we'll, you know, if we have any follow-up questions.
1: Yeah. I'm here. I'd love to chat sometime. Where can people find you? Okay. We are at reu.life is our website. And we are able to. Help we'll can get in can. the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. We can give you a phone number as well, where we can in the show notes that the uh, people can call us if they have any problems. We're we'll happy okay. to help, and we're that's what we're here to do.
0: Fantastic! Thank you All so right. much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening until the end. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please consider leaving a review and rating this podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to. If you like this show, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the Jewish House Network, such as Orthodox Conundrum, Intimate Judaism, Chokhmat Nashim, and Let My People Eat. Please consider joining the WhatsApp discussion group, sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Consider sending me a message. I love hearing your feedback. You can also be a sponsor of this show. And I am looking for a volunteer for a potential Ozempic episode. I would love to hear from, from a user or from a medical professional who works in the firm community. With that, I will leave you and have a great week.